It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Around the Locker Room. Uh, Once again, John Barchard, Elliot Shore Parks, who has uh, uh, not, I wouldn't say dressed down, it's just... um, are you insinuating I don't look fly? No, that's what I was going to say, but he still looks fly somehow. So got he's the got all the big white Nike, Nike swoosh. Yeah, the all-white Nike hoodie. It's nice. The uh, uh, Jim Shorts and uh, Mike Grove actually just kind of wrapped up their press conferences. Um, is there a possibility that there is a love affair brewing with uh, Maddox and Jim Schwartz at this? I mean, he was five minutes praising, praising Devontae Maddox today. Do you think Jalen Mills is jealous? A little bit. Got to be a little, right? So, I mean, when you come out and say, we don't win that game without Maddox, that's uh, I, I've never seen Jim Short so glowing about anybody. Um, also, of note, Martin Frank pointed this out too, now just calls Cravon LeBlanc Cray. That's oh, he's it. in. So he's in. He's, he's in, in the trust circle, right? I mean, you next year, next year, and obviously this is the big topic in Philly sports right now, what the secondary is going to look like next year. But next year, I think, the starting secondary should be Jalen Mills at corner, Rasul Douglas at corner, Cravion Blanc at nickel, Avante Maddox at safety, and Jenkins at safety. No Sidney Jones mentioned in there, huh? No Sidney Jones, no Ronald Darby. I don't think Rasul should start on the uh, on the I don't think side. I don't think Sidney Still. Sidney Jones is not as good as Rasul Douglas. Oh my God. All right, we'll save that. or maybe we shouldn't. Like why why what, do you, what makes you think that? What is Sidney proven? What's Razul proven? Other more than, than Sydney? Yeah, but he's had more time too. Uh, if you, I bet if you looked at career snaps, it's well, Rasul played a lot, I guess, last year. But if you look at snaps yeah, this year, well, I bet it's been in the system for Sydney's played more than Rasul this year. I bet. Uh, probably. Yeah, and Rasul has is, two interceptions. Sydney's real first year here too. Like this isn't you know, okay. Well, it's not like Rasul's a four-year starter. Rasul started. No, but he's been here. He's been through two training camps. He's been right. healthy. For the most part, you know, Look, I mean, I, I'm not denying Sydney. You can certainly make an argument still has a higher ceiling. And I think you can definitely, obviously, with his pedigree at Washington, he comes in with, again, and we, we can get into this with Foles and Wentz. school again, huh? Washington. <laughs> yeah. I think we, we can, it kind of relates to Wentz and uh, Foles a little bit too. But uh, I mean, I think sometimes the reputation and kind of like what people think of an athlete, it's so hard to like shake Sid, that. Sydney's going to have to play so bad to shake it and Rasul's going to have to play so good to shake his, right? So again, I I'm not saying sitting here and saying like Rasul's an all-pro starter, but Sydney's been a disappointment. He can't stay healthy, and let's be honest, he's not played well when he's played. 
Why do you say that? When he this was healthy Saints, in the beginning the of the year, he was, he was great in nickel. No, for, no, great is a stretch. Okay, all right, he was really good in nickel. Uh, I think for at least that. three or four games in a row, actually. Mm, I think that's a stretch. Okay. Great. All I think right. I think he played okay for the first few games. And then his first assignment is against Michael Thomas and folks in this uh, against the Saints on uh, on the outside with a busted and up And they hamstring. ran right at him. Of course they did cuz they knew he was injured. Right. That's what it, that's exactly but, what Sean Payton said. But I I like you you mentioned the busted hamstring. Like at a certain point injuries have to stop being excused for him. He can't stay healthy. Oh he can't stay healthy. Can he stay healthy? Can he stay healthy? <laughs> Can Carson Wentz stay healthy? Can this guy stay healthy? Can that guy stay healthy? Jesus, why do, it's, it's always with this word. Carson, Carson always Wentz. Always ready to throw the guy out of the water. Well, okay, well, hold on. I saw that he performed bad, and therefore he didn't meet my expectations. No, no, no. no. Oh, You're, and now he's injury prone. No, 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 So no, now no, no. clearly Rasul Douglas is bad. There's, there's a major difference between Carson Wentz and Sidney Jones. A major difference. Okay. Carson Wentz has played in 83% of his career games. Okay. And Sidney Jones has what? Is 22 23 years old going to be? Yeah. And uh, played, I don't think he missed a single game in college, and then unfortunately blew out his Achilles? Yeah. And I, I and then look, unfortunately he's, tore his hamstring twice. Yeah. And I think at this point it's fair to say he's having trouble staying healthy. You don't, you don't agree with that? I'm saying whatever, when we get into these discussions about this right now in this small box, Sidney Jones has a problem staying healthy. Is right here. I don't think it's with, a, it's not with, a small box. It, it it's been. What's the other injuries that he's had? Other outside of other those than, three, other than missing sixteen games last or fifteen games last year, which plus is a major injury. Yeah, correct. Yes, you and wouldn't hold that against year, Carson Wentz if he missed all sixteen in the middle of the season. I would. I would hold but that because against. it just happened when it happened. Now you don't have to because it didn't miss correct. anything. Correct. And I, the look, broken ribs didn't miss anything. I think that that's a fair point. I've made <laughs> that saying, point. But what I'm saying is, at the yeah. end of the day, like you can if or but everything Sydney has missed like what 70% of the game since he's been drafted yeah. off the top of my head because you missed... knew that drafting him in the first place you Correct. knew that he wasn't going to be there in the first place. Sydney was a roll of the dice would you agree with that of course it was and so far how has that risk worked out uh not great so far you don't think there's serious red flags around Sydney and not in, in terms of his play like if you want to if you want to solely base it on health that's fine and that's your prerogative and we'll have to see what happens after that I mean uh, it's funny to me that like people are ready just to be like, well, he's not the guy. Bye. It's and it's done. Like, oh no, he's not even. He is still twenty two years old. Uh, like, there's plenty of room for him to grow in here. I, I'm not I giving seriously up. Would on, consider him staying on the outside. I, I'm not giving up on Sydney. I'm just saying the impact Rasul had on that game against the Rams is a bigger impact than Sydney's had on any game in his career. Uh, sure, but what is what does that even mean? They both have. What do you mean? What they, does it mean? They both. But they. Rasul Douglas couldn't get on the goddamn field until everybody was dead, no. and then he finally came up and proved himself. And, he's and honestly, well. he didn't play well up until these last three weeks. He was terrible okay, otherwise, but, and he's not. He's still but, a liability right. in coverage. But you just said he hasn't played well up these last three weeks, right? I said no, no, no. Th- these last three weeks, yeah, correct, great. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so three week stretch. That's basically as well as Sydney's ever played in his career. Exactly at the beginning of the season. Okay. So you, so what makes one better than the other? Because, it's just because, recency bias. That's all that's happening here. Well, no. First of all, I don't think it's recency, recency bias. Because, oh, okay. Because, because, no, I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> all right. Because my reasoning is Sydney can't stay healthy. I have more faith in Rasul being able to give me quality play week in and week out, week one to week 16 or 17, than I do But Sydney. that has nothing to do with their skills. You're, you're making it all about health. 
Because that's saying, a huge part of being a successful well, athlete. Can't Rizul just come in and cover Sydney once he goes down then? Like, why wouldn't you give him, at least have them battle for it or something? Because I think like at that. a certain point, you don't want to have your starting cornerback be somebody. It's kind of like when we talk about with Jason Peters. Yeah. Like, like with the, with a the left tackle, you don't want him where he's in and out of the lineup all the time. Now, Jason sure. Peters is older in his career, so there's some differences. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying just in terms of being able to count on a position and having you know continuity and chemistry in the secondary, you want somebody that's not in and out well, of the I'm field. Well, I'm concerned about Jalen Mills staying healthy, and that's why I don't think he should start. Okay, you you can feel that way. That's fine. <laughs> that's, I'm not going to dispute you. But that's you. what it sounds like. It's just going like, well, you know, he was on IR last year, so well, but, I don't really know. Okay, but hold and on. He's been but, banged up before, and he missed some games in 2016. See, but you're but you're comparing every hurt athlete to every hurt athlete. You have to look at the situation. It's, no, that's exactly what you're doing right now. No, it's it not what I'm doing. So Sidney Jail- Jones is injury prone, and the 13 other guys that are on, on IR are not. Because... Again, you're saying all 13 guys. Like, well, he's not even on IR. I'm sorry. He's, he's not just, on IR. Yeah, right. yeah. Jalen Mills has suffered one injury in his career that's missed him time, and it okay. was a foot injury. Well, it's extensive, Sid- and you don't know what's going to happen next year. Okay, he's probably he's got him. a broken foot. Right? Yeah. Okay, he's got a broken foot. Sydney will has- he play the same again? Okay. He, yeah, but you're okay. But, but, <laughs> but here's what I'm saying: Jalen Mills has suffered one injury in his career, right? And it's going to end up costing him time. Yeah. Right. Okay. Sydney and, and Jalen has stayed healthy for longer than Sydney ever has. Sydney missed all of last year with a serious injury, which he didn't suffer in the NFL, but yep. he still missed all of last year. Probably could have played late if they really needed him to. And then this year has been in and out of the field with, again, lower body muscle injuries, which I think, considering the Achilles injury, is a red flag. Uh, but do you, uh, there's oh, one you're, two, you're looking stuff up per- as we, I know because you yeah, okay. I want to make sure you're right I haven't I never uh, he started 12 or 13 games as a true freshman I well, hold on he's, I didn't say anything he about started his 13 career. you're you're saying his entire career no I'm putting I'm, his, his NFL career, career his NFL career his NFL career has been two years Elliot yes and he's missed almost all of it <laughs> but you knew that going in okay we're agreeing <laughs> but I so agree. I'm saying like well he, you know, he he missed it on a pro day, on a freak pro day that snapped his Achilles, and he's had hamstring problems. Dude, I don't care for, how and, and, I, I don't and, care and, how it happened. And now he suddenly doesn't know how to. Let play Let me ask either. you this: Are you confident in Sidney Jones going into next year? I'm confident in nobody other than Avante Maddox and Malcolm Jenkins next season. All right, nobody. Okay, I have more confidence in Rasul going forward than I do Sidney. Uh, I I think that's. Crazy, but again, you're only saying that because of Sydney's reputation coming into the NFL. There's very little you have seen from him that would make you think that. Sure, but I'm, I also know that Razul's ceiling is pretty much where he's at right now, and well, that, doesn't, can I ask that doesn't. Why? Why are you saying that? Because he's improved. He, he has improved, but it's never going to be. I mean, so you're giving Sydney a chance to improve, but you're not giving Razul a chance to improve. I'm, I'm giving Razul a chance to be whatever he wants to be. I'm saying he's probably not a starter still. And but, but, but with Sydney, Sydney has proven to me in college and beyond that that he could be a starter as a corner the, if he didn't have a hamstring problem and if he didn't freaking blow out as a killer. Okay, well, those are two pretty big ifs. But also, like, <laughs> but but, just, but also, let me ask, like, so you've seen from Sydney like difference making level ability play in yes. the in the NFL. Yes. And so, I can't not, remember what game it was, but I'm pretty sure it was that Vikings game. Yeah, where he broke a tackle and then went made like he like took on a blocker. This is what you're talking about. He cleared managed to clear it out spin like that's 
really an, an extremely athletic. If I remember, this was a, this was against a run or a screen pass, right? If I remember correctly, I don't even I don't even I don't think so. This was okay. to break up Adam Thielen or something like that, right? But it wasn't yeah. a coverage play we're talking about here. This was like a tackle. No, it was a coverage play. That's what I'm saying. It All right, was then we're thinking of two play. different. Plays. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There was there was a play that I know that he's trailing. They tried to rub route him. He picked up on it almost immediately. Okay, yeah, we're came not back and, and and deflected. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like I don't want Sidney Jones to tackle anybody. I don't want Ronald Darby to tackle anybody either. And I know people get upset about that right. all the time. Rasul uh, Douglas had 14 tackles. Yeah, way. yeah, which is all, which is awesome. <laughs> right. And it's also one of the reasons why I just uh am I, I I'm gonna just keep saying it. He's not a safety. Stop putting him in safety. Honestly, I Rasul agree. Douglas I agree be- with you. Best chance at being great in the NFL is at corner. And it's not just because of one game where he got played into safety and played really bad. And it's not just my opinion either. The coaching staff literally has Right, the coaching staff made him is clear about train at safety, and they go not great. He just doesn't have the agility to bl- to play safety. Yeah, like, well, he look, just doesn't. I, I don't feel as strongly about it as you do, but I'm probably more in your camp on that one than I yeah. have the people that say put him out there. But again, that's because I think Rasul Douglas can be a starting corner, and I'm not sitting here saying like I agree. Like, and I'm sure when people see this, they'll tweet me videos, and you'll point out, yeah, he's been right. bad in coverage at times. I'm not disagreeing. I just think that Rasul is a guy that I think has I've seen him get better with consistent play. Even last, yeah, even no, last year. See, this is making this. By the way, this argument is making me sound like right. I it's don't making like me Rizzo sound less like Sydney. Right. I think we're both <laughs> in the middle here a little. It's just we're I, debating. But I, I love Rasul's mentality always, and his shit talking, and the way he's played the last few weeks. Right. I think all of that's great. Well, you know why I love him because he's a bigger Jalen Mills. Well, that's pretty much that's. But that's true. That's yeah, also that's, that's why what I love him right. coming out of college too. Is yeah. there is nothing about his game physically that I would ever be worried about. His attributes, I'm never worried about. Somewhere upstairs, he's lost a lot of the time, and I felt like... Talking about Rasul right now. Yeah, and maybe this is part of what we were kind of discussing on the Beast here a little bit too, and just finding that mentality again, because he's... That's the biggest surprise to me altogether with Rasul. He's changed his mentality. Uh, Like, he doesn't... It, there, it doesn't seem like he's thinking as much anymore. He's just going and it kind of, you know, whatever. Well, and I wonder if that that's stuff. why they don't really cross-train him a lot, where they do with other right. corners. I mean, they, they put a lot on other corners' plates. I mean, look at Avante, just what he's picked yeah. up his rookie year. But I, I would agree with that. It does seem like they're willing to put less on Rasul's plate. For sure. I don't, and, and this is the thing, too, about the—I the, I don't know if—I didn't know Avante Maddox had that in him at corner. Yeah, me either. I, I didn't really and, like like the Avante pick. I didn't know it, to be honest. I didn't know a ton about him coming in. But when just when you read on him and you looked at him and stuff, I wasn't. I thought, you know, in a brief look at college tape, and I'm not obviously not an expert. I he looked. I don't like, diminish yourself, John. He, <laughs> true, <laughs> yeah, true. I'm just I don't kidding. I just kidding. I, I, YouTube draft breakdowns. There That's you my, go. Yeah. Um, I I saw he looked like a safety, but the way that he's able to cut back on a lot of those footballs and that interception, you're just going. Well, Jesus, maybe you should throw him in there and see how Rodney's feeling. And, you know, I think you need your – There's no to, to me, there's no reason to replace Rodney unless you absolutely have to. Well, I th- all right, and, so and I wish I had the – room, Well, okay, I yeah, mean, yeah. Which and, is due. Well, and when you're when you're paying Nick Foles back-to-back Super Bowl MVP money. <laughs> no, but, yeah, yeah. no, I mean, cap cap issue is a bit of it. And, well, I mean, look, I like Rodney McLeod a lot. And, again, if, if I knew Rodney and I could work it out financially and I knew he was going to be the same player yeah. he was, you put Avante Maddox at nickel and you put – Rodney at safety, that's a really good yeah. starting five there in terms of, you know, with Malcolm, obviously, and then Jalen, and we can debate whoever on the other side. Um, sounds like neither of us are banging the drums for Darby. Uh, I just, be only because I don't think he's going to be back. Uh, I don't think the Eagles end up re-signing him. I would actually love Ronald Darby back here, um, 
but I know that for again for the same reasons that you probably stick up for Jalen Mills is the same reason why I stick up for Ronald Darby. I think they're both pretty much the same in in caliber and in talent. And there's wow, there's I certain, wish I had that. There's certain things in uh, Ronald Darby's game that is a little better than Mills, and vice versa. Like you know, makeup speeds. Uh, sure, he doesn't have them, but there's you know. Bigger hands, stronger hands, right. whatever, for better for interceptions. I just don't think he's going to be back here. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, so. Well, I enjoyed the secondary debate, yeah, which is was, exactly what we thought we would start this yeah, podcast uh, yeah, off Of course, with. but what what else is, you know, I, I know it was, uh, you know, Doug was coming in here with the stone cold and everything. Um, what was your biggest takeaway, I guess, after kind of the, the room cleared out in, uh, in L.A.? Being in the locker room. Well the, well, the funny thing about the locker room in L.A. is we were not allowed in it. Because what it is, and this is the second year in a row. It wasn't used. Yeah. That locker room is so small in LA that it, there's no room for the players and the media. <laughs> so, when, so when you asked me what I was like in the locker room at first, I was like, "Wow, what was it like?" And I remembered I was, like, I was oh, not yeah. in there. We can't. Go I was in standing there. out in the hallway in the Coliseum, and the players came out. But look, I think the the general vibe from the players was we shocked the world. I mean, that yeah. you know, it, honestly, just being at the stadium and not just the locker room, but being at the stadium, being at the game, watching this team in person. Like I can guarantee you, the vibe in person was was different than what you saw on TV, and yeah. even on TV, it seemed based off Twitter, people could see this team came out with an attitude. But being in that stadium, like that was the closest I've ever seen this 2018 look to that 2017. Just an attitude, yeah. Like, the way they ran out on the field reminded me of when they ran out in the Super Bowl, where it was just we are here, we are going to win, we are confident, and we know you can't beat us. That was the attitude they ran out on that field yep. with. And uh, and I, if that continues, that's kind of, I mean, uh, I I can't doubt a team like this anymore. That's uh, and even though I don't think we've given enough credit to really how bad the Rams' defense is, was. Well, I've said uh, all year I, I'm not big on the Rams. Yeah, and that's and it's so funny because I know leading up to uh, all of this, I even with Carson Wentz in mind, I go, you know, I think they could go on the and beat LA and it's just I think they just own that place mm-hmm. and I don't feel that McVay still is is set up for those big games and this wasn't really a big game for them but you'll yeah. see these little blips prime here, time I mean that's and a- you'll see these golf blips here and there too and you just go as much as they try to put as many great good stuff around them there's still going to be blimps on the radar here is all yeah um, so- and Jared Goff Jared Goff cannot handle pressure and yeah. I don't want a quarterback for me at under center that can't handle pressure because it's going to come. I mean, no no offensive line is perfect. And you saw last week, and this is why I picked the Rams, the, not the Rams, why I picked the <laughs> Eagles to win was because they get pressure. And they did it last week. I mean, Fletcher Cox was an absolute monster against the Rams. Yeah, he, he was. He made, I mean, the play where Cox got in uh, Goff's face and he just buckled, I mean, about a yard and a half before he got there was the first time I think I've almost ever seen a quarterback do that to that degree. Like, as soon as he thought Cox was coming, Goff went down. Oh! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it was, I mean, he played really bad. Played really bad. Yeah, and I, I think the Eagles defense deserves credit too. for that. Definitely. And, and I think that's something that, like, you know, obviously the big story is Foles versus Wentz and what Foles did and all that. The defense was the reason they won that game. Yeah, 100%. It's why me and James uh, launched on that during the postgame show. That was the most important thing. You're just like, whoa. Um, but the offense scored 30 points. Which is awesome. And that, right. that's that's a big part of that, too. Um, and uh, can I just say, because let me let, speaking of the offense. Say it, John. <sighs> 15 carries for 28 yards is not effective. 
It is not a balance, and people just need to stop saying it. Well, that people people said they ran a balanced offense, and I want to know what was so damn effective about fifteen carries and twenty. Well, yards. but you're you're only saying Josh Adams carries. You're not including Wendell doesn't Smallwood. Matter, well, Wendell Smallwood wasn't he ten for forty eight or yeah, something? Yeah, like ten that? out of sixty four snaps. I'm saying. Oh well, but but regardless, so but you're being you're you're being critical of Josh Adams. Not I'm, it's, but I'm saying, uh, right? I'm saying. Be more critical of what you're talking about when you're talking about a balanced offense. Well, the Josh Adams touchdown run was nice, and that was uh, so like you know I, I know it's a shortened field and whatever, but this whole thing about they ran this many pass plays and this many running plays, what scored the points? What the, moved the ball to get the, it down there? The running attack. I mean, Wendell Smallwood did right. Well, Foles didn't throw a touchdown. Yeah, 20, all three of their touchdowns came on the ground. Right. I'm just saying it's set up by. A large yes. punt bomb and yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and, and then to kind of go and kill clock. I'm just saying a balanced offense didn't win them this football game. The well, defense, Wendell Smallwood, not the running game as a whole. Like they committed to it, and that's great. Committing to the run didn't win them this football I, game. I think they won the game because they smacked the Rams in the mouth and the Rams buckled. Correct. And I think yes. part of part of that has to do with the mentality and offense of running. Yeah. Ball. Like the most effective running play was on that first series where I think it was almost the same exact play where it got blown up on third and four with Sproles and the same thing. But instead of Peters pulling to this yeah. side, Lane pulls the other way on a fake bubble. I thought that was the greatest call of the game, by yeah, the way. Yeah, you tweeted that out earlier. Yeah, yeah, I was just like, wow, that was that was really smart. Maybe predictive, too, that they've self-scouted a little bit and been like, yeah, third and four, here comes the bubble. Did you think that was Doug's best game of the year? Uh, him and Gro, yes, which I don't think. And you don't think good. that has to do with the fact that they ran the ball 25 times? Not at all. Okay. I honestly, honest to God, I don't have a strong opinion on this either yeah. way. But I just, I'm just it's curious. Just when they when they decided to run, it was a lot more effective, minus Josh Adams and his touchdown. Well, and the yeah. thing, like, and I know Rube tweeted this out. I think Josh Adams like zero for six yeah. on third and one or fourth and ones, and it's so funny because you see that he's big, and you're like, well, that's a guy you want to do it. But mm-hmm. it's not about strength and speed. It's about speed there. Yeah. Well, you went into a situation to Sproles, and the reason Sproles is effective at it is because he has a great burst to get there quick. Yes. Adams takes a, just a little bit longer, and on those plays, you know, half a second really matters. Yeah, a, a big time matters. And um, there are a lot of things that, um, you know, are, are going to matter for the next couple of weeks. And listen, I <laughs> I think it's, uh, you know, Elliot asked me before the show if I'd rather have Nick Foles win a Super Bowl or just Carson Wentz for the next 10 years. You can only pick one of the two. And I, I think I'm at a point, I never thought I'd say this, but if you're going to do it, like, do it. Like, I'd rather take Nick Foles. I'd rather have back-to-back Super Bowls in the most ridiculous way that I didn't think was possible, especially now. I think I would I would do that. I would, and then what would you do at quarterback? Reset and see what happens. And just, <laughs> rebuild the thing. I mean, you, you could bring just, Foles you back. Could just uh, no. I mean, obviously you would, and you would just, I guess... If I had, this is again, if you're forced to, I, I'm making Nick Foles win the Super Bowl and then figuring out after that, then sure, then I'll trade Carson Wentz to Jacksonville or wherever the hell he wants to go. And it'll be nice to him. Right. I'll get the highest draft or pick that Oakland, I can. Or Oakland for two ones. Yes, yes, exactly. And then just go to go to Nick and be like, all right. Um, the funny, the craziest thing is it's I, the, the, the opinions on Nick Foles long term are always weird to me because we still, to this day, have not seen him play 16 games yep. with a winning record into the playoffs 
win in the playoffs, do any do anything like that. Nick Foles is the greatest flex starter I can think of in recent memory. And what's wild is he has accomplished so much more than Carson Wentz has. Yeah, it's and a wild. lot of others in, in less in time. League. I was yeah. I was driving back from the game on LA, and I'm I was debating with uh, with Zach from uh, my old stuff. Oh yeah, Zach now. Rosenblatt. Yeah, NJ.com. Um, and uh, like you think about it, and you would say, oh well, you know, obviously Foles has played way more than Wentz because he's never been the guy, but right. he's played ten more games. He's started ten more games in an Eagles uniform than Carson has, and their Crazy. resumes are nowhere close. Uh-uh. Not even, not even comparable. And that's when you go, wow, you look at all this. If you just looked at the, the great accolades of him being in the Hall of Fame for his, you know, the, the touchdowns and Super Bowl MVP and Pro Bowl MVP, not 20, the, 20, just, yeah, Pro Bowl MVP, which again is kind of a joke. Twenty-seven but, and two or twenty-seven right. and four when it ended up being at the, after the play, uh, and you just go, man, like this guy must have had a fantastic career. And you just go, kinda. I mean, he did get replaced by Mark Sanchez. And then people thought, you know, Mark Sanchez, and, and I, I said that at the time, Mark Sanchez, Nick Foles, not much difference there. Clearly there is now, but, you know. But what's wild like, is if well, you just look at his resume and you don't see all the the like the storyline stuff. The, and like yeah, the, the, the gunk. You know, right, all that, right? But if you just look at their actual resumes, when, and just in an Eagles uniform, don't include his time in the Rams, like, it's impressive stuff. And so yeah. this whole idea, and, you know, we can debate this now, I guess, or talk about it, like, they they have to go back to Carson Wentz. They absolutely have to. There is no way they can sit across yeah. from Carson Wentz and say we're not playing you. Yeah, and that's where I, I really do agree with you. Um, but I do think Nick Foles gives them a better chance to win this offseason than Carson does. Or at uh, least I'm leaning that way. I shouldn't say I'm strongly that I way. don't know yet. Like, I don't, I don't know. Because the Rams game was good uh, for everybody. I don't think it was individually for if you're just going, this is what Nick Foles did, you would go... He was okay, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I can't answer that yet. I don't know who is better right now for this team because honestly, mentally, Nick Foles looks like it's better to be in this spot right now. Uh, outside of the obvious, he's done this before. The team well, knows that he's done this before, but it feels like that's kind of what everybody else is thinking too. Well, but the other thing is, and when you talk about who gives a better chance to win in the postseason, it almost, to a certain degree, is not about who's more talented. It's about the fact that Foles has been there and done that. Right. Whereas Carson might be the most talented young quarterback in the league, besides maybe Patrick Mahomes. But even then, honestly, yeah. I think you could debate it. Like I'd, I'd, I'd take Mahomes. Well, yeah, but I'm that, saying yeah. I, th- I don't think it's like a slam dunk. I no, think, it's okay. not a slam dunk. Right, so I think you could at least debate it. But regardless, Wentz has never played in the postseason. And, right. and let's be honest, Wentz has never won a big-time game. So he's played well in them. I thought he played decent against the Cowboys at point at points, especially towards the end. But he's never won a big time game. So if I were if you, if I were to say the Eagles are going to go to Chicago in the first round of the playoffs, who do I think gives them a better chance to win that game? And we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah. But I mean, I, it's hard not it's hard to make an argument for Wentz over Foles. It it is. Uh, in that to if if it if there was really no back problem or I didn't think he would not feel like himself. Because uh, that's what I think was going to happen here too, and it's weird, and it gets lost in what happened in Dallas, because I did see old Carson Wentz in that fourth quarter. Yeah, and I do think if they got back on the field, that they were going to go win that football game, because that was there, and he was just letting it rip down the field. It's why they got back into the game almost instantaneously in that fourth quarter. Yep, I would have almost bet the franchise on him taking care of business in L.A. The same week, even though Nick Foles was in there too, because of the same 
thing, and it would have been a confidence booster for him, and I think all of our opinions would have changed on Carson because I think he would have done great against that secondary yeah. and and you know got into Alshon's hands or whatever, which I still think all of that is a little overblown between the Ertz and why you're just targeting him thing, but it's an obvious point of contention when you're dealing with all these different weapons on here. So I, I really don't know. It's not like, I mean, other than just changing favorite targets, was there really any difference in the distribution between what Carson was doing and what Nick was doing? Not really. No, I mean, I went back and looked at it, and on average, if you look at the three games Foles started this year versus the 10 that Wentz did, Foles is averaging throwing the ball more to Wentz than Carson is. Now, part of that is because Alshon wasn't there the first two right. so it plays a factor. But, I mean, Alshon was only targeted eight times versus the Rams. It's just he caught all eight of them, and they were all yes. down the field, yeah. right? And so the one difference is, so Carson has thrown the ball deep to... So pro football reference defines deep as, I don't know, I guess over 20 yards, but I'm not sure. So they define deep that uh, Wentz has thrown the ball deep to Alshon 16 times this year in uh, 10 games, I think it is, mm-hmm. because he missed week three. So he averages a deep throw to, to Alshon like one and a half times per game. Foles did it four times last game. So I do think that was a slight difference. But again, I don't think this is Carson's unwillingness to do it. I right. think it's, to your point, the Rams secondary is not that good. They're... I think to a certain point undersized. So I think it was a good week for Alshon. I think it would have been a good week for Alshon no matter what. Yeah, so do I. And that would have been the plan of attack forever as, you know, again, came to Lieb and uh, Alshon right. Jeffrey. He just like, the, he, he owns that matchup. And then also, totally off topic, but did you see Marcus Peters in that video from I did. walking into the yeah. stands? I can't believe that happened. Yeah. Uh, that, team's, don't, that team's also don't sinking. Talk, yeah, don't, don't, don't talk shit to players like if they get that happened to uh chris long last year didn't it when they were all celebrating or somebody threw something at him and he started you didn't know someone hand him a beer was that it there was that and then uh, there was a rams fan that like threw something at him and okay he started, yeah. called him out and all that but the coliseum just kind of allows that somehow um i can't wait till uh till they're actually in a the coliseum sucks too by the way it's it's the worst it, it does but i will say like at night with those lights on. So it was cool. a pretty electric yeah, atmosphere. It, is cool. it really was. So let me ask you this. Hi- yeah. I w- let's go down hypothetical lane. All right. The Eagles beat the Texans this week. Yep. Foles plays the same exact caliber of game he did against the Rams. Okay. Carson says he wants to start week 17. Then he starts week 17. Okay, he starts. Yeah. They're losing 7-3 to three at halftime. <laughs> they, they have to win the game to go uh, to the playoffs. Yeah. Uh... No, nah, you got to stick with Carson there. I mean, if they're only Agreed. down seven to three, if they're getting blown out, that's one thing. But it's, you know, and if he's okay, well, bad, let's say they're down sixteen to three. And how is he playing terribly? He he's played he's played like he has in the first half of games all year. Yeah, maybe yes, one interception. Then, maybe he, that's still not enough. It would to me. It would have to be twenty eight to three, and he's playing like garbage. Oh well, see to me, I would then like I'm. I and would then not it would pull probably him, be Sudfeld over. I would not Foles. pull him under any situation because I yeah. don't think the the long term ramifications of pulling a healthy Carson Wentz are worth it. Because, no, because then you know, and again, fans will be happy, but from the Eagles' perspective, God forbid Foles leads you back. Yeah, <laughs> and then then but you're, they but they want that though. I'm mean, at the end of the day, you get there however you want to get there, especially for dogs. So I slightly disagree because the long term ramifications of not having Carson Wentz be your franchise quarterback are really bad. Yeah, they're really bad. And again, like winning a Super Bowl, clearly amazing accomplishment. Winning it back to back, you're one of the best teams of all time. Right? Maybe I guess. I mean, although not that impressive this year overall. 
But man, like if you get to a situation where you have a healthy Wentz on the bench and Foles is doing it for you, like that creates a lot of problems for this team going forward. Uh, well, what do you think Carson Wentz is feeling and thinking this week? If you were him, what's going through your mind? Well, Carson, I don't know if he curses, so I'm gonna probably not curse. I think but he does. He has to. He has I'm to thinking. Curse. I'm thinking. You have got to be fucking kidding me. Yeah. Like I like I got over the torn ACL. I got over the fact this guy won Super Bowl MVP. And here it is. It's happening again. It's yeah. like it's like your worst nightmare. It's like being in a relationship, getting cheated on, and then your next girl does it too. You're like, yeah. you've got to, not that my girl, any girl would ever <laughs> cheat on me. But I'm saying like, you've it literally, he's got to be sitting there and being like, are you kidding me? Like, here yeah. it is again. Foles is, is beating the Rams after my team struggled all year. This guy comes in and now I'm hurt. So I might not be able to play. This guy has a relatively easy path to the playoffs. You mm-hmm. win two games and the, right? right? And it's happening again. Like, that's what he's got to be thinking. Like, and I think the biggest question is we're going to find out how, like, does Wentz throw his weight around in the locker room and force his way on the field? That's what I'd be doing if I was him. You know, I think he wanted to, to me, the way this whole thing played out, right? Um, you go back to the the last press conference before the Ram or the first press conference um, after the Dallas loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, whisper lane starts to happen. I really think this is not an issue with the medical staff, even though we talked about that at length last week. I think he got the results, got mad at the results, right, and tried to go find his own doctor to go, you need to clear me because I want to fucking play. And this whole thing about going to it and getting that bad news is why I think there was a quote-unquote rift or something like that because well I don't I don't think there was a rift I don't really think there was either I'm just okay, saying well, the, the the supposed one that could be out there but regardless of that he tried to get himself cleared because he wanted to make sure that you know hey this will this do any more damage am I good to go whatever that's why there's all these things and Doug's talking a lot about all of this is because you're trying to protect all that that's why he's not on IR he can play. And he wants to play, and I think there's an internal debate and struggle going on right now saying, what do you mean I can't go out Well, and so that's my question. I think think a lot, and I've heard a lot of people's opinion on this. Yeah. And I, to me, people that are saying, don't play Carson unless he's 100%, are just saying they want Foles to play. Yes. That's just, that's that's your crutch to say you really believe in Foles. Because nobody at this time of the year is 100%. If Aaron Rodgers was 80%, Aaron Rodgers would play. Yeah. Tom Brady will be playing. Patrick yep. Mahomes will be playing. Mm-hmm. Jared Goff will be playing. And I understand that you have point. full. I understand you have foals behind him, but that should not factor into your decision of saying Carson's my guy. I think Carson's the best quarterback. Carson's who I went out there. If they sit Wentz because he's not a hundred percent, which I don't think they will. Yeah. But if if they sit Wentz when he wants to play and they say no, we're worried about your long term future. That is a massive shot to Wentz because that is basically saying we think Foles gives us just as good of a chance to win. Right. That's what you're saying. Because he's healthy and like he's throwing really good and he's feeling or whatever it Aaron is. Aaron Rodgers played two I think it was two years ago with a broken collarbone late yep. in the year because his team needed him to win. Yep. Right? Yep. And it didn't work out. If I remember correctly, they lost. But Wentz should be out there if he can be out there. I don't care if he's hundred percent. Yeah. And honestly, I don't really care that much about like the potential of long-term injury because you can get hurt anytime. And unless a doctor's saying to me, look, like, like don't put him out there. Yeah. That's a different scenario. He's going but to. If, right. Yeah, but if the doctor's saying, out. you know what? he Yeah, he's hurt, but he can play and the risk for further injury is very low, then I'm playing Carson. Yeah, because same. 
because that's what you do. He's your franchise guy. It's late in the season. It's playoff time. No one in that locker room is 100%. Put him out there. And I did hear Joe DeCamera kind of bring this up today, too, and I did think it was... I don't think there's anything between that, but Doug kind of... I don't know, like... um, I don't want to say contradicted himself. He definitely contradicted himself. Did he? When he said, Carson's my guy when he's healthy, and then we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Yeah, right? which, which again, he definitely in contradicted himself. If, if Nick Foles is playing well. On paper. Yeah. I think my guess on what he meant was, I mean, you know, what if Carson, what if they go to the Super Bowl and Carson's medically cleared right before the Super Bowl? Like, I think then that yeah. that's, a, then that's a conversation you have because you're talking about putting someone in off two months into a huge game. Yeah. That's almost borderline unfair to Carson. Now, I'm sure Carson would want to play. Yeah, don't let me play. I can right. do it. I can but do it. Yeah. I think what Doug's message was, Carson's our guy. If he's healthy, he'll play, barring some type of un, like extenuating circumstance. Yeah, it should be. Uh, and it's funny, too, because we're going to talk um, for the rest of the week about this in particular, you know, get ready for this Texans game. And very simply, the Eagles could get the shit beat out of them yeah. against the Texans, and then it's just like, oh, well, all right, and now we're well, really on to the offseason. You want, well, although they well, could. Well, still, te- yeah. depending on what happens with Minnesota, no, I mean, Seattle, they really could, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, um, I mean, you want Foles at 820 at night against the Rams on the road in prime time. You yeah. don't want Foles Sunday at 1 o'clock against an AFC opponent. Yeah, yeah <laughs> Like, yeah, exactly. that is like full shit in the bed written all over it. <laughs> but if they win, you know, I, I don't know. I'm a big narrative guy, and I've, I just think this is coming towards Eagles having to make a decision. I believe this yeah. is where it is going to land. Yeah. And I, they, the decision's not as tough if you lose that game. So I, right. I think they're going to win. Um, the uh, Texans slash Oilers have never beaten the Philadelphia Eagles. Never. Is that at either location or just here? Uh, I believe that's at either location. Right, yeah. Uh, 0 and 11 combined. I believe the Texans are 0 and Five and the Oilers are zero and six, and they're a tough matchup for the Eagles because yeah. first of all, the Eagles' offensive line is playing better. But I mean, Aaron Donald obviously is amazing, but like, man, the combination of Clowney and Watt is, yeah, is very serious. difficult. Yeah, and the, re- and the receivers yeah. are way better on Houston too. Uh, I made the argument that DeAndre Hopkins is the best wide receiver in the league. Yeah, you can and, make that um, argument. Demarius uh, Thomas. I mean, and not only that, the Eagles struggle with mobile quarterbacks. We saw that yeah. against Dak, and Deshaun can certainly run and throw. So. It's a very tough game. It is. It is. And uh, when you have Nick, man, any, anything can happen. Anything, and, uh, anything we'll, can happen. Uh, obviously, can uh, continue on trying to figure out what the best way is to go beat those Texans and uh, to uh, continue this um, pretty crazy season as it goes along. Here, we always think it's going to end, and then whoop, something and Nick happens. Nick saves it, and then Nick saves it once again. Uh, we will be back, uh, obviously, for the preview show. Um, the uh, Inside the Birds guys. Maybe doing a bonus podcast. I am. I'm not sure yet, but we'll see. There, uh, that would be a treat. Regardless, they're <laughs> going to be uh, along with all of the good nuggets that they have at the Market Tavern on Friday, uh, right outside of 30th Street Station here in Philadelphia. It's a great uh, atmosphere for a beer, a live podcast, and uh, some good knowledge there. And then uh, we'll be rolling uh, right along with the rest of the programming. Back on Go Birds Radio this Saturday from one to four, and of course. Uh, Fill up that uh, voicemail as much as possible. Be nice to the British lady. 267-245-6066. For Elliot Shore Parks, I'm John Barchett. Thanks for listening to Around the Locker Room right here. Sports Radio 94 WIPN Radio.com. We'll see you guys.